Hi, this is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. You're listening to another podcast episode. If you like the podcast and the episode, please write a review, share with a friend, or leave a comment. You can also visit my website at www.nikkiasherbowling.com or you can visit my YouTube channel. Thank you and enjoy a new episode from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. Everybody, this is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. And today I have St. Rappaport with me, and she is all about cognitive functions, the process of thinking. How do you get started in your the work that you do? How can you improve your work, your home life, and everything? So I'm really excited to get in this with her. But before I bring her on, I just want to remind everybody if you're listening to the podcast, please go to Spotify or Apple iTunes and rate and review the episode in the podcast. Now, if you've already done those things, then please share this with someone because you know sharing is caring and I really appreciate it. So without further ado, here's ST. Mickey for having me. I am excited to be here speaking with you guys. I think you should do both of them. Subscribe and share this episode. <laughs> well, she's getting me excited. I think I'll go do it again. <laughs> well, Esti, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this whole productivity, cognitive thinking, and how can it help us improve our lives? <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's a whole lot there. But let's just start with the productivity part so people understand what cognitive functions actually are. Mm -hmm. So although I'm a productivity coach, I don't teach you productivity tips or tricks or I think you should do X, Y, Z and your life will be all perfect. Because the reason you're not being productive is not because you can't be productive. It's because the way your brain is currently wired, right? We're going to like back up and go to the core issue of what's actually happening. The way your brain is currently thinking. Now, thinking is not one big thing. Thinking is made up of 28 parts or 28 thinking skills called cognitive function, right? Yeah. Stronger ones, we all have weaker ones. But when some of them are weak, then they have a big effect on our life and they could massively affect your productivity. So with that understanding, like how I got into it. So when I was in fifth grade, I was still like going to tutors for reading and things like that. And my parents were like, okay, it's like, fifth grade already like enough of that time to like understand what's actually happening here right and so i started getting these sessions they're called forestry sessions that's the method that i use the forestry method which works on your cognitive functions it works on the way your brain is thinking yeah oh my god this is so cool not only is my reading becoming better but because it's like the center of the web the center of like all the actions that i'm doing it's working on my four cognitive functions there's mm-hmm. so many other areas of my life also got better, right? My confidence grew and, and school got better and just so many things. So I was like, well, well, I have to get into it. And yeah, and I started training in it as soon as I could. That's amazing. So when kids are like, mom, I don't know how to do this, they could say, 
I wasn't born this way. Right. And it's not like that you can't do that. It's simply because you have to develop the skill, right? Like, just like you learn the skill to ride a bike, you learn these thinking skills and you could learn to do it. Some people are naturally better at it, but if you really want to develop it, you want to work on it. So, I mean, why don't they teach the teachers this? I mean, because obviously... (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that like gets at me so much, it's actually this method in like 40 countries around the world. And America is like one of the places that has like the least of it. But there are some countries that they do like the schools do implement it. Obviously, it has to be a school that's willing to try new things and willing to understand that when you do like, they're like, I don't have time. Most schools do what they say, yeah? They're like, mm-hmm. they're ready. Like, so much subject to teach you. We don't have time to put in another subject. But they don't understand that by putting so-called this another subject, your quote, yeah. thing, they're saving time on other thing because they don't have to waste as much time in math because all of a sudden people understand math. Exactly. So what are some of the exercises that you can do to train yourself to be a better thinker? First of all, just to become a better thinker, do anything that, it's just a challenge for you because when you learn new things and you do new challenges, you actually create in your brain new neuron connections and it improves your ability to learn. So that's just oh. first of all, like without like do something that you like, that's a challenge for you. And that's like, get started. Here. Now, depending on which one of the 28 cognitive functions you're weak at will depend what activities you need to do, right? You want to show your brain a new way of thinking. So in order to do that, you need to do new activities, right? Mm-hmm. So I could give you, if you'd like, some examples of new ways to show your brain. However, you might be listening to this and say, hey, that doesn't relate to me. I have this very easy. No problem. Pass it on. Maybe you could tell someone else who does need it. Maybe not. <laughs> but you want to find the ones that you need, right? So I'll give you an example. One of the cognitive functions is called clear perception or when it's weak, it's called blurred perception. It's like when you see so many things and you just get overwhelmed, right? You have like a really big to-do list and you have so much of it. So you're doing none of it, right? Yeah, that's definitely me. Yeah, (laughs) it's a super common cognitive function that a lot of people struggle with. Now, Mm -hmm. what you have to do is train your brain to see things in what's called clear perception in an organized way. So one of the first things you could do to really like get this in your brain is tell your brain what's the first step, right? What's the starting point? Instead of having to see your whole list of 45 things to do, what is the very first thing to do? Or even if you have a task, right? A little kid, you tell them to set a table for dinner and they're like, no, it's so hard. I can do it. What's the first step they have to ask them? What's your starting point? What's the first thing? You need to do. We need to put out a table full of our placemats or maybe the table's dirty. So we need a first, the very first thing is we need to take off the garbage, right? So it's really good at like with the things about cognitive functions is that we all have them in every age. So we could all be using the same strategies to help us. So if you struggle with being like overwhelmed, probably yeah. they are also not for sure because every person's different, but very common. Like, the, like oh, yeah. In your environment. So help them. As you teach yourself, teach your kids. You know, what? it's always easier to teach someone else. So teach them and then you'll be helping yourself. <laughs> right? You've been working with kids, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yes. In the beginning when I started, I'd been working with a lot of kids. Currently, I only work with adults because I've seen like a lot of people working with kids and like not enough with adults. But it's the same thing. Like I said, I've been doing it for a lot with the kids first. Another thing that's a really good one and one of the cognitive functions is called systematic search. Do you ever like are late for a meeting and you're like running around or an appointment because you can't find your car keys or your kid's shoes or something? <laughs> yeah, right. I did. It's because I was unorganized. <laughs> 
Okay, very good. You see, break we just think, oh, because I'm organized, and that's it. I'm just an unorganized person, and I'll never be able to do these things. But rather, if we understand, like, what's behind it? Why are we unorganized? What is causing me to be unorganized is one of those weak cognitive functions. So it may be because of systematic search. What you're happening is your brain is looking everywhere, very, like, stressed out. It's looking in the same place three times and not looking where actual keys are, right? So instead, you train your brain to look systematically. It creates a system. So let's say from top to bottom, left to right. And you literally go through everything in a system. Now, in the beginning, it feels like it's taking ages. Oh, my God. Like, why do I have to open up every single drawer? <laughs> look behind every single thing, right? I used to hate it when I learned to build this back in fifth grade. But now my brain does it automatically. Be, and it saves me so much time because, like, Obviously, that's what you're going to do. That's how you're going to find it. You know what it does yeah. your brain systematic search? Two things. One is you don't look in the same place three times and don't look where it is. That's first of all. You look in every yeah. one and you know you look there. So you don't have to look at it again because it has a system. So you know that you look there. And two, because your brain has a system, it now calms down. You could actually find it. Wow. Find it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, ST. This is amazing. I mean, I'm guilty of. I'm going to place this object here because I will remember this is where I put it because it's a great place for it. And then I never ever find it again. <laughs> yes, that will probably come from the cognitive function of categorizing, of being able to group things in the right way. And I actually struggled with that one a lot. It didn't play out the same way. What's super cool about this is that like there's 28 cognitive functions, but there's a million ways to mix them. So it shows up in every person's life differently. And that is it also, right? So if someone is struggling with miscommunication, the reason why they're struggling with miscommunication might be different than you because they have a different weight cognitive function. Do you get that? Oh, like, yeah. Like web and like having to figure out how you <laughs> Well, this could take years. <laughs> Yeah, you can always be improving your cognitive functions, right? Like I started back in fifth grade and still every time I take a training, my cognitive functions get improved again. My clients know like if they I just keep back from a training, I'm going to be like on top of them all because like my last year, you know, I... Oh, Lord, she's going to be unstoppable. But the point is, you don't have to be stressed. They're like, oh, my God, it's going to take forever. It's rather it's like every day I'm improving my cognitive functions a little bit and your life gets better and better every single day. Mm -hmm. So you said one thing to do is to do something that you, you're you not good at, right? Is that what the first step or one it's step? to do something that's a challenge, something that's new. Oh, a challenge. Know? Yeah, like a challenge. You don't want to like okay. purposely do something you're not good at because then you're just going to get frustrated. I like to say like <laughs> work with your brain and not against yeah. your brain, right? Right. <laughs> but like do something that like pushes your brain. Yeah. Like stretch your brain a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this could be damaging. <laughs> so what what other tips? I mean, what would be another thing that would help? I guess repetition would be repetition one. is really good. Yeah. Another thing I love doing, whether it's adults or it's kids and mm -hmm. both, is brain games. So brains, like not games that you just actually like are guessing about the answers, but you're yeah. actually have to think. Like Think Fun has a lot of them, like Rush Hour or Chocolate Fit. Uh, like, they're like challenging for adults also. And yeah. your kids and do like game night and like play them together. And you're really having to like analyze like how much. Wow. Yeah. Right. I can see that. Because I played those computer solitaire games, like 
Spider and Freesell, but I put them on like Grandmaster or Expert. So sometimes you have to strategically lay out the cards and what turns you're going to do, where you're going to put them in order to solve that level. But yeah, that would be the same as doing those brain games with that. So, oh my God. What are you doing? You're challenging your brain, right? Now, I want to take it one step further. Okay, you ready? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) If I'm like, too much for you, tell me like, okay, yes, they just like back up, back up. (laughs) No, you're fine. (laughs) But here's what we call bridging is when you're playing those games, Uh or or even when you're like doing something that's easy for you, think about the strategy. Think of what you are doing that's helping you figure this out. So when you're playing solitaire and like specifically deciding, okay, I'm putting this card here and this card here, think about what is happening in your brain and what other areas of your life can you use this same strategy? Oh, that's a good one. Right? So yeah. But you're obviously in when you're cooking or you're cleaning your house or you're watching your kids, mm-hmm. you're not like laying cards out specifically. Wait, <laughs> strategy that you could yeah. use area. Wow, that's good. That's a good point. So I actually, I feel like I've gotten better at that part because I recently was promoted to a different team at my work. And it's more of those analytical strategy type things in my job that I have to do. And at first, I felt like I was struggling. Now I feel like I'm getting better at it. But I think those two go together somehow, especially the the free cell and the spider, you know, because you have to strategically move the cards around, especially on the harder levels. So what if people try those things and it doesn't work? I mean, are they just a lost soul? I mean, no, there's no such a thing. <laughs> Everyone, no matter where you are, program, like improving cognitive functions has worked for people with Down syndrome, has worked for People who like, there's a guy, he literally had half his brain removed. Uh-huh. Like, got in some sort of thing and he had to have half his work. Like, you can't, if, if you had half your brain removed, okay, I'll understand. You can't. Yeah. I don't think anybody's in a situation. But what don't part, you do, but what part, you, you're saying what part you do have, it still, you, it can still make you better. You can say we're badly. So sometimes you just find another way that works with your brain. So if this specific thing is not working for you, you have to like enter your brain through another door. You have to find a different strategy, a different way to look at it, a different way to work with your brain. Uh, okay. Okay. So is there like, for someone who wants to look into that, is there like a, like a, a test that they take or, or, I mean, how does that work? Yeah, so I actually have a cognitive function assessment. You could go to Life Picks with an X, lifepicksuniversity.com forward slash CF for cognitive functions. So oh, lifepicksuniversity.com forward slash CF. And you'll see there's going to be all the 28 cognitive functions. On one side, it looks like what it's weak. One side, when it looks like what it's strong. And then there's going to be one through five for you to assess yourself. And the reason why I didn't do like, oh, this you're good at this, you need to improve of is to exactly show you that point, that it's a scale and we could always be moving higher up. And even if you're good at it, you could become better. But this will show you, okay, what am I good at? What needs to improve up? And how can I use my strong cognitive functions to help me improve my weaker one? That's so smart. 
they should have these at schools and at workplaces, right? (laughs) If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, it's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. (laughs) I'm in agreement. (laughs) I mean, because I might go, I've applied for a job in the past and thinking I'm just you know, the hot stuff, the new mod out on the market. And they look at me like, you have no clue, <laughs> you know? So it would give you a reality. I mean, it would give you a reality check and you just see your strong points and then what you do need to work on. So how would someone use their strong skill to help with a not so strong skill? Good. I'm going to be a very good example. I was just speaking to someone earlier this week who was telling me how they've taken the assessment and they've noticed that they're really good in planning, but they struggle a lot when they get overwhelmed, like when tons of things happening that they don't know what to do, or all of a sudden a task becomes too hard and they just stop yeah. and they just give up. So what yeah. we discussed was if they could use their ability to plan by planning out to do one tiny step every day for the next week. So they're uh. planning and they could do that. And then instead of having to be overwhelmed by doing the whole thing, uh-huh. they're, they, they feel good about planning because they know how to plan and they know how to follow a plan. So uh-huh. now you might have the opposite or you might have something else, but you just have to get creative. Uh-huh. And how can I mix this together with that? Well, that's a good thing. I mean, because, yeah, you could plan all day, every day. But if you plan too much or you didn't think about a step that is going to be difficult then you might have to go back and rework that plan. And that would help you with feeling overwhelmed and not getting stressed out. Yeah, we actually, it's a, one of the strategies we show the brain called replanning, right? Like you just want to replan, right? Like I personally like to plan my day every day the night before. It's been one of the things that really helped me stay on track. Now, obviously life happens. And no matter how much I try to follow my plan, things happen. So a lot of these yeah. midday or at certain point, like after things went completely wrong, I just stopped for a moment and readjust things. Okay, I'm prioritizing what things need to happen today. What can I drop? And so is there a connection between, and I've heard people say this, because you know, now we live in such a technical world that we don't have the opportunity to write as much. But I had heard that uh, write when you write, it helps stick in your brain better. You yes, know? yes, yes. And yes, I'm going to say it one more time. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> different people work different ways. Some people like using the tact more, but it's very helpful to write when you could, right? So like if you could journal, even just like journaling your thoughts, it mm-hmm. helps with your brain. If you want to remember something, you're taking a course or you're learning something, 
write the notes down for instead of on your notes. Like I like to suggest people who struggle with time, um, teach your brain the concept of time by having a big calendar on your wall, not in your phone, rather it's on your wall, on your desk or in your kitchen, somewhere where you see often and write down what's happening. So first of all, it's going in your brain better. Also your brain sees like, okay, this is the month ahead. I have four weeks until this event. Yesterday was that appointment. It starts understanding times. Right. I'm glad I asked that question because I had been struggling with remembering things and I would set an alarm on my phone. I would have it pop up on my calendar and subconsciously I would shut that off and then I would forget. So I've been writing, I went back to writing things down because I thought, you know what, maybe I'm just getting too old, but. <laughs> no, but it's real. It's like because of the way, I don't know that. Like, I can't prove it to you with actual science, but like, I know from like being in here, I don't know if yeah. research was done on it. So, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to look it up, but I ran out of time. But I was like, I'm going to look that up so I could talk to her about that. <laughs> yeah, there is. If you want to think about this even more, a lot of school like stopped teaching like script, like cursive writing because oh, yeah, it anymore. But do you yeah. know that you want to learn it simply because it connects you have to like make the loops and go from one letter to the next. So you're connecting your right side and your left side of the brain. You're crossing the middle line that is so, so super important. When you make each letter, you're just doing one thing at a time. Now, I'm not telling you mm-hmm. to write in cursive because I don't. So I'm not going to tell you to do that. But if you want to just like practice, like maybe right. your, your children at least learn it. Obviously not like in a way that's forcing them, but like make it fun. <laughs> if you want to do like some scribbles or things or even do things with your non-dominant hand will also make that connection. Well, see, my boys are all grown and they stopped teaching cursive writing and they don't even know how to do it. And when my oldest son went to get his learner's permit to drive, she said, you know, sign your name. So he wrote his name and she's like, no, you have to sign it. I said, listen, lady, they teach him that. You don't know how to do that. And she was like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm surprised it took her until your son to realize because it's like been like this for a while. Already. <laughs> and that's it just been our area that it's they finally stopped doing it. But yeah, I mean, that is I remember being in second or third grade and them teaching us how to write, do the cursive writing and how I struggled with that because I left handed anyway. I, I know, I right? Especially the curriculum, right? I, le- I always feel bad for left-handed people because, like, <laughs> the world was made for right-handed people, right? Everything is done, like, <laughs> right? And if my brother is lefty, so, like, yeah, you're a little bit about it. But especially cursive, like, it's a bit of a extra, like, I try to think about it sometimes if I'm ready. Like, it almost doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, well, that's of- what everybody says about lefties. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I guess like that was the way you were born and like, ooh, like it's awesome, right? But I know like the struggling part could be because of lasting, could also be because of like the middle line. Like I know I struggled. With yeah. It. And like I said, I don't do that today. But just to do some of the practice could just like help a little bit. Right. So I would be someone who would need to use their right hand to try and do some things. Now, as I've gotten older, I can use my right hand for different things, you know, but I just realized my cousin was left-handed and his dad refused to let him write with his left hand and made him write his right hand. So, but today he can use both hands to write. 
because he wasn't going to let that keep him down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there has been quite for quite some time in history where people were like literally like punished really badly. Like they tie kids' hands to kids' desks and things like, so no. Yeah. <laughs> It's not the type of writing I want you to do with your non-down man. It should be when I write with it. It's like, it looks like a five-year-old. It's fine. Like, yeah. it'll be big. I write like four words on every paper because of it. But it's just like developing that side of your brain also. <laughs> we came out with one letter on one sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah, I need to keep practicing this. <laughs> Well, that is really interesting. I really love that. I forgot how much fun I had talking to you when we did our prep interview. But so you have the the little cognitive functions test. And then so someone would just have to work on doing something challenging and to increase those skills. And then the other thing was... Oh, do something with your non-dominant hand. And what else did you say? Yeah, so doing something challenging is going to improve your cognitive functions in general, just like the way your brain thinks in general. But right. if you have a very weak cognitive function, you're not going to use that cognitive function to help you do the challenging thing because your brain's not used to using that thinking skill. Right. So after you take the assessment, you want to like identify one or two cognitive functions that you're going to be super conscious about and either ask someone who you know, who has like, who's good at that cognitive function. I'm like, how do you do this? You could start learning from them and mm-hmm. be like, be aware of it. Like put it in your like daily life. See like, how can I apply this to as many parts of my day as possible? If you're struggling to find someone, like hit me up on Instagram or respond to the email. <laughs> that you're Being like, I'll help you find a strategy. Like I want you to get this. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, so go do it. Just, just, just say, oh, I don't know anyone who has this. Okay. I'll help. Oh, I know brilliant people, but I was thinking, you know, you said you worked with kids and you work with adults, but you could even work with older adults, like elderly who are having trouble remembering things. I mean, not because they have dementia or anything like that, but just because when you get older, you're, you can't hold in all that information. Yeah, so there's quite a bit of people that actually work with older people. Like, I remember my mom was also trained in this. And a while back, like when I was in fifth grade, she was doing it. And a lady came to her. She was 70 years old. And she came mm-hmm. to her because she was embarrassed to bring her daughter-in-law to her house because her house was too messy. Why was okay. her house messy? Because she had weak cognitive functions. Don't ask me how her husband lived with her the, all those years. But <laughs> well, he didn't care. <laughs> she, yeah, and she improved those cognitive functions as she was able to do it but yeah like you said no matter what level you're at it actually helps like reduce alzheimer's like and slow it down i can't like prevent it completely but like slow it down so totally like i said anyone any age any state like don't go and tell me you have adhd because most of my clients have adhd like (laughs) don't use that as an excuse just go and do it and start improving your brain Hello, everybody. This is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. And today I have S.T. Rappaport with me. And she 
is all about cognitive functions, the process of thinking, how do you get started in your, the work that you do, how can you improve your work, your home life and everything. So I'm really excited to get in this with her. But before I bring her on, I just want to remind everybody, if you're listening to the podcast, please go to Spotify or Apple iTunes and rate and review the episode in the podcast. Now, if you've already done those things, then please share this with someone because you know sharing is caring and I really appreciate it. So without further ado, here's STE. Love this episode of Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay podcast. Head over to Apple, Spotify, or Amazon Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.